Riding the wake of the new Weimar Republic, still free and at large. It's time once again for No Agenda, emanating from both coasts of Gitmo Nation. From the United Kingdom, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm in northern Silicon Valley, San Francisco Bay Area. I'm John C. Dvorak. Hey, John, how you doing on this Sunday? Uh, not that well, because my local football team... Uh, coached by a guy who's obviously can't do the job anymore, lost. Oh, so sorry to hear that. Talking about the University of California Bears. Mm. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit out of whack, uh, just, uh, time zone wise. I, I, I was in, um, Amsterdam yesterday with, uh, with the girls. We, uh, had a surprise party for, uh, Bob, uh, who's, uh, my stepdad. And uh, so, you know, between the uh, San Francisco time difference and then that one hour between London and and the or between the UK and the and continental Europe, uh, that really throws me off whack. Hmm. And of course, it's just Sunday in general, and I'm coming back tomorrow. So you say? Mm-hmm. Yes. So unfortunately, um, the plan that we had uh, initially was for you to send me a DVD of the CNN side-by-side uh, -side with the uh, uh, of the debate along with the, uh, the audience data from Ohio or whatever. Uh, and that first was going to be sent on uh, DVD, but then there was all kinds of... I, unbelievable. You can't get a DVD overnight to Europe anymore. That seems to be impossible. Well, there's something to do with at least what we could figure out. It had something to do with you couldn't do it because of some restriction. Uh, you know, I don't know. We couldn't do it. We couldn't get there till Monday was the point. You're kidding me. So if you send it on Thursday, you couldn't get it in there until until Monday? That's what seems to be the case. Yeah, DHL, FedEx, and UPS. But you have no idea what the limitation was? It was something to do with 9-11. There was some... No, you're kidding me. No. That's really? what Maggie said. I don't know. I didn't talk to these people. It had to do with 9-11 and that you couldn't send me a disc? That's just telling you. That's the report I got. So then, of course, uh, you had poor... Uh, was it David? Uh, Chris. Uh, Chris, IT. You had him upload 4.4 gigs <laughs> onto some fucking server, and, and then you actually believe or someone someone there thought that i was going to download that i mean we can barely keep a skype connection going on uh on the bandwidth i, I got like it didn't you know, seem unreasonable i got like one megabit down do you want to do the calculation it, it took him like one hour to upload it yeah he's got more uh bandwidth uploading than i have to four gigs that's an amazing amount of data well, i thought you would have somebody at the office do it it doesn't have better no, it, it, no, no 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 it doesn't matter because he uploaded it to a u.s server and we don't have a dedicated backhaul. You're not getting like you know true uh, download data rates across uh, across the ocean. It just doesn't happen that way. Particularly, uh, you know, the server that he uploaded it to. <laughs> so you never got the disk. I didn't have the 36 hours. Okay. Um. But anyway, so I thought we could play it a little bit differently. Because uh, an amazing thing happened on my way back from uh, from the United States to Europe, uh, I stopped caring about the presidential debate. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's pretty funny that way. You know, well, th th that's funny you'd say that because I, I have my notes instead of being on a big giant box, yeah, are just on the back of an envelope, and it's only like three things. 
And, and, you know, so I arrived Thursday morning, so, um, they were still, you know, the, the debate was still kind of fresh, uh, because it took place in the middle of the night, uh, UK time. Um, and so I, I got like the summary, which was literally on the BBC, I kid you not, John. Um, you see them sit down at the table, uh, you hear some blah, blah, blah voiceover, and then they went straight to a montage of Joe the Plumber, Joe the Plumber, Joe the Plumber, Joe the Plumber, the Plumber, Joe the Plumber, Joe the Plumber. And that was, that was their entire report. Yeah, they, they think they're the Jon Stewart show. Uh, the BBC! It was unbelievable. And that was it. And, and there was, you know, I, I, I saw You know, if you, want to do, if you want to do something like that, why don't you just have, just do a, a montage of, of Obama going, saying, look, 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 look. Let me look. tell you, look, my friends, look, Joe the plumber, look. <laughs> so anyway, but I, I would love to hear your highlights because obviously I, you know, I heard, excuse me, I heard a couple of them. I've been reading a few quotes. You, you, know, you can't get away from it. Obviously, there's no way uh, you can be in touch with any media and not pick up some pieces of it. I would think. Uh, so I'd love to hear your notes. Well, I'll get a couple of things. For one thing, uh, about. Two-thirds of the way through the debate, Obama all of a sudden decided that, to heck with this format, I'm looking into the camera. Oh, and he went, he went to his, uh, his teleprompter mode. He, he listened, well, actually, when he's on the teleprompter, they usually have left he's and right. He's actually looking off, yeah, true they, true. they don't usually keep one on the, on the camera. Or, I mean, they probably do, they will. But you know, he just looked into the camera and started, you know, telling people, look, you know, we got to <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he started talking to the audience. Right. Um... Oh, 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 there was a couple of interesting facts that came out in the debate. One, I guess they figured this out, which is kind of interesting that, you know, because Obama's so international and all this, he's never been south of the border. Hmm. And how did, that, been, how, how did that come out? He just said, uh, I've never been no, down, uh, down no, to Mexico. Bill McCain just said it. He says, you've never been you've never been south of the border. You've never been to Mexico or South America. <laughs> and you're, meanwhile, you're trying to do this treaty with, with I think it was Colombia. There's some bill or something that he's against. And right. it's, oh, interesting. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh-huh. Huh. And no, I thought that was interesting because this is the guy supposed to be so well-traveled. Right. I mean, if, of course, the thing is that we have to always remember is that George Bush before he was elected president, was never out of the country at all. He didn't even have a passport. <laughs> right. Have a passport. Like, like most Americans. <laughs> That's 3%, 25% came up again. Oh, now, did, did, did McCain say anything about Did anyone say no. anything about that? No. You want to just explain that briefly? Because that, that is an irker. And I don't know if everyone, if everone listening, because we, we have new 3% of day. the world's oil reserves, yet we use 25% of the oil, the annual oil production. Now, right. it's a, it's a complete specious thing to say. It's got nothing, to do, one does not have anything to do with the other. If we if we use that three percent, how long would that last us? It would probably last us, you know, Several God knows how many years. decades, because that three percent is a lot. Yeah. And the other fact is, of course, that if you want to talk about stuff like this, you you have to mention that we have three hundred and fifty years worth of coal energy yeah. available to us within our own borders. But McCain McCain wants nuclear. He does one, yeah. Apparently, he does. Yeah, that's he, interesting. But which is weird because one of the biggest providers of 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 nukes is uh, General Electric, and they obviously don't want McCain. Oh, but, but at the end of the day, they're backing him. You know, they're backing. Come on, 
Oh, come on. They've got MSNBC and, just, and, and NBC and the no, network. They're just oh, of course, but they've got a hedge. Slamming them. You're just talking they're about slamming. what they're... But they've got a hedge. They've got a hedge. No doubt about yeah. it. I saw, uh, just as an interlude, I saw, um, what's her name, Lynn Forrester, uh, the Rothschild, was on Fox News the other day. And uh, and she's now saying, because uh, she was supporting Obama, and now she's saying, uh, I'm switching, I'm supporting McCain. Just, huh. just, yeah, just speaking of big money. She was good. Yeah, I, ne- I don't remember ever seeing her. Okay, a couple more things. There's not that many. Um, Obama did say, and Obe- oh, oh, I'm sorry, Obama said, "Look at we're going to look. We'd like to look at offshore in terms of drilling." And uh, McCain busted him for saying, "We're going to look at it." He didn't yeah, say, "We're going to do mean? it." What is this kind mean? of weird? Yeah. That was cute. Obama said his faux pas that I thought was funny. <laughs> he said, and this is a direct quote: "We're going to enforce unfair trade agreements." <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone catch? Did anyone catch it? No, of course not. <laughs> Nobody catches anything. Anything that's but unfair, me, I will enforce. <laughs> here's a couple more gaffes. Here's a McCain gaff. But it wasn't a gaff. It was just bull. Yeah. Uh, McCain threw in H- Herbert Hoover. This is like a, a, a could you what you call a callback for people over seventy. Okay. But anyway, so he says Hoover, he, he, implying that. Uh, Obama, Obama was going to be the next be Herbert Hoover, Hoover yeah. which, by the way, would be the case based on my cycles. Anyway, uh, he says we went from a deep recession because of Hoover. We went from a deep recession to a uh, a depression. That's bull. I mean, it's just it's not true, now, right? Bull. Hoover, Hoover, when he was in office. When he got elected, that was not there was not a deep recession going on, at least by any standards I've ever researched. Anyway, there was a crash during his thing, and it just drove into a deep recession and right into a depression after he got elected. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm a li- I'm a little bit younger. Uh, the only reference I have to Herbert Hoover is the theme tune to All in the Family. Oh right, yeah, that's funny. So why would Archie Bunker like Herbert Hoover? It was just to mock the Republicans. Okay. Uh, nobody liked Herbert Hoover. Anyway, uh, 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 McCain had one more kind of a gaffe where he didn't call him. You know, like Joe the Plumber, I guess, became, you know, these are, I was talking to my wife about this. You know, Joe the Plumber, this was the way people used to be named back in the feudal era. You know, you'd be Joe Carpenter. You were the Carpenter. Yeah. Or, you know, Adam Broadcaster would be your name or something when, like uh, that. When, Adam, when Napoleon, Adam Executive. When Napoleon conquered Europe. In the Netherlands, you see a lot of this. Everyone had to re-register their names, and because you know, typical Dutch, they registered with really. So someone was like, you know, I'm uh, I'm John the the carpenter, so it'd be Timmerman, or I'd be the baker, and you still have lots of these very simple names. But there are a lot of them that people had to later, you know, uh, centuries later, change their name because it was like some really rank shit. <laughs> like I'm, I'm uh, Peter the whore, you know, stuff like that. Peter the whore. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of funny examples. Well, you know, those guys, they have a dry sense of humor over there. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so uh, so uh, uh, McCain at one point called Obama Senator Government. <laughs> <laughs> That's Senator Government? That's pretty funny. Yeah, he said Senator Government, uh, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Senator government. Again, you know, nobody's, you know, I, this was, I never saw any of this written about. It's just like nobody does a very good job of any of this. Meanwhile, there, the one thing that I thought was interesting and that, that nobody, again, you hear McCain had a shot at this. Uh, Obama made the out-and-out claim, and you can find it in the transcript, that the average health care plan for an individual in this country, anyone, is $12,000 a year. What? That's what he said. That means everyone's paying twelve a thousand dollars a month in health care premiums. That, that's that can't be true. It's not true. That's the point. McCain has a number, uh, another high number, which is closer to the reality for some people, which is fifty eight hundred dollars a month. And he said that a year. And I think a that's year. not the average number either. No, I think but, it's lower. I think I think it's lower than that. Well, what is the what what is the typical cost for an employee at a, at a at startup company? Yeah. Uh, and, and let's see, we, our benefits, I think, are pretty good. We even have, uh, we pay, I think, half dental even, which I, yeah. which I guess is good. Um, yeah, I, th- yeah, I think it's, uh, it's between two and three thousand a year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, well, where's I, I the 12,000 coming from? Maybe even and meanwhile, he a says month. it and nobody calls him on it in the media. Nobody calls it. I mean, this is, and, but to, to throw out some outrageous number like that, but you know, because I've had to pay for my own personal health care every so often. And I know what the f- figure is. It's not cheap, but it's not $12,000 for God's sake. Well, I'll tell you, um, um, we have private insurance. I couldn't, I, I, I was afraid to switch, honestly, because, you know, then Patricia would have a, a pre existing condition and she's been on, we've been on this medical before her heart trouble and we're paying about 4500 euro a european 4500 euros a year and she has you know has had some really expensive shit done and right. so i still don't understand where the 12000 comes from that just makes no sense but it's really it comes out of his it comes out of his ass is yeah. where it comes from and i'm actually shocked that this stuff just flies around and nobody no, says I'm, anything about it i'm not it. because this is like um Boston legal, you know, you watch it for Denny Crane and, you know, and for Shirley and, you know, when they get into the real courtroom stuff and the technicality, like, uh, they just gloss over it. Who gives a shit? You know, and we're watching the show here. Okay. So, so here's the late, so the, the news this morning, of course. Oh, uh, comes uh, out. Colin Powell's, uh, Colin Powell endorses Barack Obama and yeah. everybody runs this as a straight story. The funny, the, the interesting thing about that story to me is nobody makes the following connection. <laughs> Except you, my friend. Colin Powell, where is he getting most of his money nowadays? You know, he's a consultant. Consultant, yeah, he's a isn't he for like Kleiner a- Perkins, <laughs> who is run, which is largely run by John Doerr, who is a major Democrat yeah. uh, funder, who also hired Al Gore so they could do their green stuff. And so you have this little cabal out here on the West Coast, consisting of Doerr, Gore, and Powell. And, uh, and then and Schwar- he endorses and Schwarzen- Obama, and everyone's shocked. You know, Schwarzenegger's in that group, too, as is Bono. Yeah, I know, but they're not on the Kleiner Perkins masthead. No. Colin, Colin Powell is on the Kleiner Perkins masthead, and so is Gore. If you uh, go to KleinerPerkins.com or KPCB. KleinerPerkinsBallfieldAndBuyer.com and look at their partners. You'll find their names. And and may I just say, uh, to state the obvious, look at who they invest in, and they are one of our investors. Uh, In the uh, the Financial Times, the weekend edition, um, Colin Powell was in the U.K. just, uh, I guess, maybe uh, Thursday. And he has a picture of him on stage 
with uh, here uh, new tune. Colin Powell dances with Nigerian hip hop group at London Festival this week. It, it, it is the and you know he's got he's got like his his fingers sticking out like he's uh, doing a oh yeah and he's got his sunglasses on. I got to send you this picture. He is he looks like such <laughs> I have to a dick. Like and it looks like Kanye West is next to him. That doesn't look like the Nigerian guy. I think it's Kanye West. Uh, I'm sure it, maybe it's online, but you got to look at it because it's like yeah that that's the guy that endorses Obama. <laughs> Funny. So anyway, so that was fixed. That was rigged, and you know, I, mean, I can just imagine that John Doerr was strong arming him. Yeah, but, you know, but they were already uh, ramping that up, and you were reading the possibility of him endorsing Obama for at least thirty six hours. Well, they that was that type of ramp up. The way they were doing it was obviously to see what kind of uh, pushback was going to happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they got none. Obviously, if you say, "Well, what do you expect?" Yeah. And so they're probably just going to blame it on the fact that, well, you know, Powell's black, and you know, they're all the blacks are going to push for Obama, and that's that. But that's not the reason. It's because of this green stuff. So I think. Are you done? Because I I want to continue on Obama. If you're done with the debate. Yeah. I think now is time to talk about Project Oscar Mike November Delta. Okay, here we go. You don't know Oscar Mike November Delta? Oscar Mike November Delta, O-M-N-D. Yes, that would be the Obama MILF next door. Oh, God, do you really want to talk about that now? <laughs> what, what, you want to talk about it later? <laughs> keep, we'll keep that a surprise for later? Yeah, that's, that's probably a good idea. I think you should. We should finish the project before we actually reveal the details. Well, there's been a new twist to the, to the to the project since you since you sent me the email. Yeah, there's there's been a couple more emails. Okay, well, I think we we should we should use that as a teaser. Mm -hmm. You should doc document this as you you know take a few notes. You don't have to like get carried you know, away. I, uh, believe me, I'm taking notes. I even have my uh, my daughter in on the on this. She's helping me out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is like a family project now. All right, well, uh, maybe next week. Next week will be more appropriate because then um, it actually might even come to closure. As it were. Okay, so uh, let's. We're gonna leave the audience hanging, even yes. though you know that, that that you know, although that is kind that of an agenda, suck. but they must they must hate us for that. I, don't, you know what? I don't think so. I mean, the, the fact is, let's let me just explain to the audience. Adam has this kind of a, 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 a amusing project that. Unfortunately, tell, talking about it could ruin the outcome, and we don't want to ruin the outcome. You see, I don't think so. I, we I, have too many. No, you say that, but I, I'm not. I don't take any chances you know, in this kind of a situation. Okay. All right, because it is a good. Well, anyway, let me just say that part of the project is to understand more about um, the operations of the Obama campaign. Is that fair to say? Yes, you can say that. Okay, and one of the things that has already come out of this project is that the Obama camp is extremely not just worried but convinced. That if he wins, it'll be an automatic recount. And it's funny because this comes on the heels of this, you know, the Acorn Ohio voter registration fraud and you know, all this kind of noise is starting to crop up. And uh, I think they might have a good point. Well, that's why the other thing that people should know about is the 50 state strategy. And you find that when you, if, you, if I go to Berkeley now. I uh, to shop at one of the you know better uh, vegetable one of the stands, upscale vegetable stands. Well, it's not really upscale, but it's got definitely you know when you can buy ten to twenty different kinds of mushrooms, including chanterelles for nine bucks a pound. You <laughs> you, you know you're in Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, anyway, the place is crawling with people, just signing you know anyone up they can for to get. I mean, they're still collecting money like they're like they're going out of style. But they have this thing called the fifty state strategy, which is they're going to push to get their numbers. They want to get so many, so much in the way of. Total it, it has to be a, a landslide because they because they're afraid to of, it, right? Yeah, because they're afraid of the of the recount, right? Yeah, um, and there's also a big push uh, to get people to to uh, absentee ballot as much as they can to try to get everyone to pre-vote. They want everyone to vote. If you can vote now, vote they, because they don't. They're worried that people are going to change their mind at the last minute because that does happen in these elections. I'm a little confused about how this pre-voting works because uh, you know I already found out that that was one. Of, you know, I didn't know it was called the 50 state strategy, but I know that they were working on uh, uh, on a lot of early votes. It, how 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 can it be that we have people who are able to vote? In, is that only by absentee ballot that you can vote early, or how does that work? Well, as far as I, in California, I think the only way you can vote early is with an absentee ballot. In the other states, they may have some other process where you can actually go in and vote in advance. I don't know. Maybe somebody out there knows. Some Obama supporter who could tell us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, yeah, we'll talk about it. now because one of the reasons I want to put off the, the, the deeper discussion about the uh, Oscar Mayer uh, North Dakota is. Um, the October fourteenth fiasco. Ah, yes. Uh, about the uh, the alien ship that was supposed to surface um, uh, somewhere near a place or a thing called Alabama. It was to be there for uh, three days. Three days. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, I'm a gullible bonehead. <laughs> I might as well, I might as well put that up front right there. I will say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> totally, I'm a gullible bonehead, no doubt about it. Um, I will say that there are, you know, there, there's a, a couple of like three or four uh, pretty good video um, videos of um, UFOs and light ships taken around the globe on the 14th, which is actually probably low for a typical day. Um, and uh, I still believe that we're not alone in the universe. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done with uh, with the channeling business. That uh, that didn't work too well for me. No, I'm, and you got a bunch of flack too. But uh, well, it was fun while it lasted. Well, but you I, were actually, I, I, you I were actually slightly hope. glib just before the day with uh, you know with the possibility, perhaps. I mean, I find it hard to believe, but with the possibility actually ringing in your head that this could happen. Well, yeah, I'm young huh. and hopeful. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm hopeful we get invaded from Mars and all be no, killed and no, eaten. No. I was, I'm, <laughs> I was I'm look, hopeful for an invasion. No, no, no. Now, now, now that I know that they're not coming, or at least uh, that the messages that, of them coming uh, were bogus. Uh, now I'm worried about us getting eaten alive here on Earth by the reptiles that run the frickin' place. So now I can focus my energy entirely on uh, the world around us and the true reality. Because uh, that that's getting bad. So talking about eating, we uh, so we had a dinner. Yes. By the way, I'm reminded of a show. I, I'm going to try to do these more often. These segues. There's a show on uh, this hour has 22 minutes. One of their little sub shows is called Awkward Segways, <laughs> and it's just the funniest thing you've ever seen. It's very difficult to write. Uh, but anyways, in terms of awkward segues, we went to a restaurant called Isa. Yes, I've just I've decided that we're gonna go. We're gonna have to drop our uh, 
target to some restaurants. Something are, a little more, um, certainly affordable, a little, maybe uh, less formal, less sticky, but actually th- these are the real gems is what we're looking for now is, is great food at a reasonable price, a nice atmosphere and not, you know, the, the Ritz Carlton and stuff. I mean, what is basically John, the, the expensive stuff has been pretty shitty recently. We were disappointed. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've thought, thought maybe going to the second tier, which are places that are considered kind of gourmet ish, but you know, wouldn't be getting a Michelin star anytime soon. Uh, well, not, 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 with the, not with the rope light around the railing. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to this place, Isa, which had a kind of a nice front, a nice front of the house. It's, you know, the it's, bar it's where in San Francisco, just so people know. Yeah, it's in San Francisco, and it's a little bit um, off the beaten track, kind of. Well, actually, that's a main, one of the better parts of town. It's a town part of town where the uh, where there's a lot of restaurants, Steiner and Lombard. And um, I thought the place, the front of the house, I thought looked like it looked like it could have been in front of a disco. It had too many. It was <laughs> that's dark. So I'm, I'm saying it had rope lights all over the place. It was funny. Yeah, it was like it was. It wasn't, you know. I didn't think it was a very good taste. And the front of the house also didn't was kind of odiferous. It, the, the the smells from the kitchen, which was an open kitchen, by the way, and very it looked very clean and looked pretty nice. But it was there was no ventilation in the front of the place near the no. street. But in the back, they had where most of the people were. A it's covered, kind of covered like a, garden, right? It was a covered patio, yeah, and it was big. But it was like being in somebody's uh, backyard. You know, there was wood, uh, like a little porch, and it was strange. It was unusual. That said, uh, I think overall the food was uh, worth the, you know, worth it. It was nice, and it was very inexpensive. Yeah, and was, the service was the service was great. Was good, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was almost kind of like a family atmosphere. In fact, there was some, like some kind of family reunion with three or four tables uh, shoved together uh, right yeah. behind us. Um, but yeah, it was good. And, um, I was actually quite hammered. We had whatever we, we had like a couple glasses of wine. I don't know what happened to you, but you were actually what we did. We had a glass of Chardonnay because we were going to have oysters. They had some very uh, outstanding. Good oysters, yeah. We got a couple dozen oysters and, uh, you were actually, I noticed this by the way, you were actually <laughs> hammered on the one glass of white wine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know I'm hammered, John? Uh, what's the giveaway? I'm not going to tell you now. I don't want to tell you to tell, but I said the same thing. What the hell? This guy got a completely empty stomach, and um, which I had to assume, and because the oysters obviously will not do anything to hamper. Not much, no. You know, the, you know that's not going to help. And um, and then we had a really nice bottle of 2004 Heights Cabernet, uh, which was a. You liked, and it was good. And yep. the thing is, is that was compared to these other places we were at, where we would have paid probably eighty, ninety bucks for a bottle. This was fifty-five, which was uh, cheap, yep. re- relatively. Even though the wine you can buy, I think at the store for thirty. Now, now you, uh, but it was, you know, I think all the prices of the wines, to be honest about, because I was looking at them, was less than a double. You know, most of these places double the retail markup. I think. These guys may have been doubling the wholesale price, which is really the old, old school way of doing things. Right. You double the wholesale price, and or well, actually, you don't double the whole. You, you, it's more. It comes out to be less than double the retail price. If you know that the wine is thirty bucks and they're selling it for fifty-five, 
and all the other wines are matching. They're less than doubled, as opposed to the Ritz-Carlton, where the where the prices of the wine were triple yeah. the retail price. And you find that in most of the expensive restaurants. Now and, they're tripling the retail price. And it was ridiculous. Corked. And it was corked. Uh, the wine at the Ritz-Carlton, the Ritz-Carlton was corked. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I would say this is a great restaurant to go uh, with an acquaintance, a friend, uh, possibly even uh, family, if it's like four and the kids aren't too young, because otherwise they'd be bored. Uh, not a place to take a date, really. No, no, definitely not. It's too uh, funky. Yeah, my You sister- look like it. I don't know what it would be. It just doesn't feel like a date place. No, I'm not going to include it in uh, Project Oscar Mike November Delta. Good. So uh, <laughs> My sister loves the food uh, talk, by the way. I saw her last night. She, was in, she lives in Italy. And uh, she was there with her kids, and she said, oh, man, when you guys talk about food, particularly you know, <laughs> in, in Italy, said, and the wine, I love hearing about the wine. And she was actually kind of really complimentary about you, which was unfortunate. Huh. Yeah, you, know, you want Jesus to hear from her. Well, you know, except for you, the family seems to be pretty bright. Speaking, speaking of, uh, of family and food, I have extremely good news for you. Uh, I'm so glad I came back. You know, I had time on Friday to uh, go into, into the city with Patricia to look at uh, the house. And, uh, oh yeah. And so you know we haven't uh, we haven't. It's really you know I, I've explained it here. Until you've signed in blood on the dotted line, there's no deal with the in the UK market, which is good. And of course the market is is tanking and it's uh, everyone's in terror. Uh, <laughs> but I knew I knew that there were a couple things that uh, both Patricia and Christina had overlooked when they because I know what they were falling in love with and and it, and it, it wasn't the right things. And there was a, a secondary place, like a backup, that uh, that I knew we had to see, which none of us had seen. And uh, so there were a number of signs. You know, we're, we're um, <laughs> we, when we're buying houses, boy, we really care about the actual numbers. Not, you know, we're, we're basically like, how do you feel? Do you want to live here, etc. Well, you know that's that's a reasonable thing. You do have to live in the place, yeah. and if you if, if you're uncomfortable, yeah. or if the place has a bad, and I hate to, and I am not the cornball type, but I believe there's a vibe that you of go course. into. This place is nice. Yeah, you have good vibes or bad vibes. So there were a number of things uh, which I don't even have to explain, um, and then so we went to look at the other place. And so, you know, it's you know, the minute Patricia walked in, she's like, oh, and and it's night and day difference in a, in a number of aspects. She was like, oh, wow, this feels really good. And so, you know, there's a whole bunch of things just tick, tick, tick. And then right there in the kitchen, John. Oh, you're kidding me. No, I'm not. There is a off-white cream-colored aga sitting oh, right man. there. I'm like, this is the sign. For, this is the hand of God has touched my shoulder and said, this is the this is the one. So uh, we've put in an offer and hopefully we'll uh, be able to get this place. That's too much. Yeah, because I know how much... For anybody who doesn't listen to the show all the time, and by the way, if you do listen to the show, please tell Tell a friend. We'd like to get our numbers up to a point where we can actually make money. (laughs) But uh, but Adam has a... uh, There's a crackpot stove that I looked at years ago when I was getting uh, upgrading my stoves and um, called an AGA that has always fascinated me. And um, Adam's the only person I know that actually has one and now apparently there's i guess there's more than one in the city and yeah. uh yeah you you that would be the sign yeah that would be the big you know yeah you know it rises it's like that joke where the guy's on top of the roof and the flood you know he's in you know you make this in the katrina flood and then he says um 
You know, a guy comes by in a boat and he says, hey, you need some help? You can get on the boat. We can get out. He says, oh, no, no, God's going to save me. I don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, okay. And the helicopter comes by and says, no, 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 don't worry about it. God's going to save me. And then, you know, then something else and something else. And then the next thing you know, he drowns and that goes to heaven. And he says, well, I thought you were going to save me. <laughs> and God says, like, shit, I sent a helicopter. I sent a boat. <laughs> Exactly. Well, the Agas aren't very typical in the city, as far as I know. It's much more of a, a country home type thing. And uh, what's nice about the Aga is it actually it becomes the center hearth of uh, not just the room, but in many in many cases the actual house because it's on all the time. Imagine a huge cast iron oven. Uh, it actually has four ovens and two hot plates on top. Um, and you know the pets lie in front of it. You 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 can uh, put your fresh uh, laundry on top of it to keep it warm before you put it in the in you know before you put it away. Uh, you lean against it in the morning with your cup of tea. I know it sounds real dorky, but it, it, it's it's really a lot more than than just uh, a cooking device. But uh, and Patricia's actually making uh, chicken right now in the aga here, and it it tastes better. I mean, I've I've known my wife's cooking for uh, almost a quarter of a century, and it's better when it's done in the aga. Yeah, I think it was has something to do with the way it, it, uh, it the way the heat is, or the way the infrared rays are bouncing around. I don't know. It's not it's just I think infrared. it's almost as though you're cooking in a in a cast iron. Uh, it's a, it's just a. a Surrounds with this. I don't know how it works. Never mind. Right. But it surrounds the the product with heat in such a way that it makes it. I don't know. It's like a <laughs> slow cooking device. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're stumped, John. I don't know. I've never cooked on one. I've I've never. I mean, I've only even seen just seen them, and it's it's always fascinated me because I know that people who have these devices rave about the product that comes out of them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, awkward segue. Uh, back to the uh, front page of the Financial Times. I know you don't subscribe yet, so I might. I mean, it's it's once again just chock full of nuggets. And this one, you, you're going to want to blog this. Um, Andrew Lod, L A H D E, hedge fund manager who quit after posting an 870 percent gain last year. Uh, he quit, and he sent a, a two page letter to all his um, already blogged. Oh, you did it to all of his uh, clients. Thanking stupid traders for making him rich, and idiots. Uh, he said, "Idiots, yeah." And uh, actually, what do you say? Uh, um, idiots whose parents paid for the prep school, Yale, and then the Harvard MBA. They were there for the taking. He said he, <laughs> he, he loved making those idiots his counterparty. But of course, the the part that I liked is that he then goes on to. Uh, endorse marijuana or hemp actually but. right exactly <laughs> i have the headline uh uh crack pot i call him a crack, crack pot. pot of course uh, of course or, we're all crack <laughs> this is clearly a brilliant guy no doubt about it he knows what yeah. he's talking about the innocuous plant <sighs> uh, here's here's the headline so we're no, 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 you do uh, get the headline this is it this is my this is the quote i like the evil female plant marijuana it gets you high. It makes you laugh. It does not produce a hangover. Unlike alcohol, it does not result in bar fights or wife beating. So why is this innocuous plant illegal? Is it a gateway drug? No, that would be alcohol, which is so heavily advertised in this country. <laughs> yeah, good on you, man. Crackpot millionaire weed-loving money manager calls it quits <laughs> and thanks idiots out there. <laughs> weed-loving money manager. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love writing headlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's excellent. <laughs> Very funny. 
Weed love and money manager. Oh, oh and I, I wanted to say, I wanted to say something about Obama because because we're not going to come back to him. I'm sure. There's this PDF file floating out there that if you don't have it yet, I'll send it to you. And it's uh, empirical proof, of course, of Obama using uh, neural linguistic programming and other hidden hypnosis techniques in uh, in all of his speeches and his uh, television appearances. And I think there's something to that. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I like to read that. Yeah, it's, it it's, like, it's, it's like sixty pages. You know, I mean, and when you when you read it, and and you know, I'm sure you've read up on NLP. I mean, who hasn't? Uh, yeah, he is doing he is doing a lot of stuff that is, that is, uh, you know, maybe it's just some kind of training or, but um, it's working. That's for sure. Yeah, he's got the bots working for him. <laughs> the Obama bots. Oh man. Um, something we didn't talk about last week, which I'm kind of bummed about. Um, Jorg Heider, I'm sure you blogged this. No, I don't know. It doesn't ring a bell. Do you remember who Jorg Heider was? No, it doesn't ring a bell. He was the extreme right-wing Austrian politician uh, who, oh, who people guy, yeah. equated uh, with the Hitler. Yeah, 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 I do remember that. Right, so I, ne I never really looked into it. Of course, you know, this was uh, several years ago. I'm like, eh, well, I'm sure he is, you know, if... Uh, Someone coming from Austria that sounds like Hitler? The possible. Um, so here's the series of events. He was on uh, television in a uh, roundtable debate, and he said, you know, we have to put an immediate end to this banking mafia. You know, And he was really going off on a rant, but really calling him the mob and organized crime. 36 hours later, he's dead. <laughs> a high-speed car crash by himself. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and when you see the picture of the car, this is like this pure, perfectly round puncture right in the roof above the uh, the driver's side, almost like an RPG hit it. Um, but uh, yeah, pretty amazing. Taken out by a drone. You know, I I, I, I wouldn't even laugh about that, honestly. It's possible. But, you know, I don't think the, I don't know. So, uh, Jorg Heider, I should look into that, see what the deal is. Yeah, um, I'll send you a link. I got to send you a lot of links. There's, there's so much stuff. Um, so, Bill Maher, you're a fan of that, of his show. I know you watch that, I, don't you? I watch it. I can, I can barely get through it because Maher is so creepy. Well, he ha yeah, he is. He had this, um, this guy on, the former Comptroller General. And the Comptroller General uh, is um, part of the, I guess it's the C Congressional Oversight Bureau. Does that sound right? They're independent. I've never heard of any of this stuff. I think they're independent from uh, from government, but they have some kind of oversight. God knows. Uh, but this guy was on, and uh, I saw a YouTube clip, and he lays into the, the whole bailout. He's like, dude, this is not... You know, eight hundred and fifty billion. This is a fifty-six trillion dollar deficit that we now have added to. He was saying that the actual deficit, if you take all the off-book transactions, is fifty-six trillion dollars, not ten. And I was, right. uh, I was kind of shaken by that. <laughs> like, oh, okay. well, there's a there's a number that the uh, 
CIA factbook has on one of its pages showing all the debts of all the nations around the world. And we're it's it's like we're at some number where the next country uh, we're dead. We're dead last. We're the worst in the whole world. Right. And the country that's up next to us. I got to get this page. Got to be Zimbabwe, obviously. No, no, they're not even. No, it's somebody else. It's, they don't. They, Zimbabwe can't have enough debt to even get on the list. <laughs> uh, uh, right, of they're course. just poor. They're just poor. They're, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> and by the way, I do want to thank Stro, who uh, sent me a ten million dollar Zimbabwe note. I'm going to have to post it. I hope to post it today. Yeah, you promised that uh, last week. Yeah, I know. I just, you know, I just can't get enough. I don't know where I'm, I just can't, backed can't get up. enough done. I can't get enough done. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so, um, uh, yeah, the debt's pretty bad. But there's a guy that wrote, again, in the Financial Times, there was a really good article uh, was by a professor that broke down the uh, the bailout in extremely interesting ways. And, and it's, it, with an argument that, it's, it, in fact, it is a good idea, and it was uh, well-structured. So, you know, there's... Two sides to all these arguments. I now, what I wanted, yeah, go wanted, ahead. wanted to talk about today, since we were talking about greenbacks, is the Green Channel. The I'm working on these channel? segues. Did you? Yeah. We have on the Dish Network now a new channel that showed up out of the blue called Green. Mm. And it has some of the most dreadful programming and we've talked about this over you know the at Mevio about is does there is there any real market for uh, you know all this everyone wants to do this green programming and is there anybody that willing to sponsor it and it's questionable but this green channel is the proof of the pudding uh, but you can see that the programming is so dreadful. Uh, it's if anyone has the Dish Network, you should check this out, and you especially want to take a look at this dinner with Tom Tom Bergeron, <laughs> the guy who does. Oh no, uh, that's uh, he's like some dorky uh, host, home videos guy. Oh, yeah. that's it, right, right, yeah. America's Funniest Home Videos, yeah. So he brings out, and this is the one I watch. In fact, I'm, I'm making a copy for you. <laughs> Thanks, because uh, <laughs> you have to watch it because it's a jaw dropper. It's like a bunch of cliche, you know, these people will sit around, there's a whole group of old Hollywood types, and they're all sitting around the dinner table eating this green, you know, very, everything is, you know, local and all this other crap that's all trendy right now. Yeah. And it's to listen to these guys spew these cliches about one thing or another. And this is the one I think where I heard the, uh, the, the one that just floored me, which is that, You'll do more good for the earth. By the way, the whole thing, this whole thing is all about this. The more I watch this green stuff, the more I'm thinking it's, you know, political veganism bull. (laughs) I'm with you, man. But you know what? It's it's uh, it's NLP. It's total programming. And here's the way. Let me give you the, 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 the meme. You do more good, more green comes of you, you, you produce more green, whatever balance, you know, or you, the carbon footprint, everything's improved much more. So if you, if you, if you become a vegetarian, you make a decision to stop eating meat and eating and become a vegetarian, then if you sold your SUV and never drove again, yeah. or if you sold yeah. your SUV and I know. bought a hybrid. I know. Are you sure How, it's not what is the logic of this? Well, look. We've been programmed through... These people hate cows. 
No, it's it's all a, it, it all boils down to the horrific images of Al Green's Al Green. That would be funny. Al Green. Al Gore's movie. Al Gore's movie. Al Green. I like it. Al Green. Call him Al Green. Dude, that's an insult to the Reverend. Okay, I yeah, cannot right. do that. Yeah, that is Al so Green. wrong. No, Al Gore. He had a great movie. It freaked everybody out. And it's it's been embedded, you know. In fact, I was thinking about this, in, particularly in light of this green shit, and and um, and you know, and the carbon credits and all this crap that we're going to be get rammed up our ass pretty soon. And I'm carbon almost, tax. Ca well, carbon credits that go into car that comes along with carbon tax. I'm beginning to think that maybe the the uh, the Bush Gore election, maybe the whole point was to have it be a close call, Al to bow out gracefully and then come back as a hero to save the world. I'm almost thinking it was planned. I mean, and mm. and look at how fast all of these taxes and all this crap came about. You know, meanwhile, the oil is down to seventy uh, seventy bucks a barrel. Uh, flying is still outrageously expensive, mainly because of all these idiotic taxes we get keep getting put up on top of of the regular fare. It's crazy. And it's not as though the you know the plane doesn't take off and land with or without the tax. <sighs> okay, you sure it's so not called one... Planet Green? Because it, it it says channel name Green, but the network is Planet Green. Is that possible? Is it a green dot? Is that their fucking logo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me just read this description. Planet Green is Discovery Communications' global cross-company initiative with a commitment to document, preserve, and celebrate the planet, including the first-ever 24-hour eco-lifestyle television network coming to homes on June 4, 2008. Planet Green is the multi-platform media destination with a mission. It's the center for the new green conversation, speaking to people who want to understand green living and to those who truly want to make a difference in meeting the critical challenge of protecting our environment. Planet Green's unique content, tools, and information will enlighten, empower, and most importantly, entertain. Crikey. I don't know how much entertainment's involved. Crikey. Oh, it, it, it's it's like you know a jaw dropper, and it's all you know. Mostly, it's just a bunch of people sitting around in different shows. If they're not like you know uh, yodeling hippies <laughs> singing songs, you know, with a guitar, and Kumbaya, it's, seriously, my lord, <laughs> or 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 a bunch of pretentious, you know, kind of rich screw ups from Hollywood, you know, that are just seemingly. To go along with anything that comes their way, it just, it just you really have to, people should just watch it and, and see how much of it you can take. Well, Maybe you'll like it. But I, that's, I that's thought another, it was absolutely horrible. That's another thing I really hate about this presidential race, you know, the, uh, um, the question that Sarah Palin never answers, you know, is, and of course it's now been whittled down to, are greenhouse gases man-made or not? Which of course is not even a fair question. Um, it, it's, it's annoying. It's really, really annoying that people have just taken all of this for, for granted, you know, and they keep throwing the IPCC report back in your face and, well, look, here are all these researchers and, you know, the thing is a total sham and there's been tons of um, reports from researchers that have debunked it all. Not to say that we're, not, that we're not fucking up our earth, obviously, but, you know, the idea of, you know, taxing or buying credit so I can still pollute it's ridiculous. You know, so that someone else will have to pollute less in the future is bullshit. It's it's almost like your like your pension, like your social security. I'm never going to see a fucking dime of that. John, you might not even see it, and you're getting there. 
<laughs> I'll see it. But you know what? I'll see it. Uh, but anyway. The, the contro- okay, so the back, new, on, listen, back on the, the green. The new, listen, the New York controller is now taking $110 billion of pension money to save New York from the crisis. Then, and he said, well, well, no worries, because, of course, I'll invest that wisely. Bullshit. It's gone. Well, you know. It is gone. In fact, Andrew Horowitz, on one of our conversations that you people should listen to if you're interested in the stock market, That's a good uh, show. Man, mentions that, as far as he can tell, New York is broke yeah. the way it was back in the Ed Koch days, and nobody wants to talk about it. This is what I'm saying, man. No, Right now, we're in... Look, we've talked about how this has become the nanny pussy, not the state, but the world. And there's no losers. Everybody's a winner. And what no one wants is to accept that we are about to get our asses kicked in real time, big time, by what has happened to the financial structure of the world. And particularly in the United States, we all lived above our means, you know, 125 to maybe 300 percent. And the credit cards are all filled up. It's over. It's done with. But no one actually wants to go through any pain. And so well, we ha- you're not even seeing it on television. People getting ki- he, uh, the the guy in London, the the real estate agent. Just this week, he said two people who couldn't sell their home who were trying to rent it out. He went to go get the keys to show up a you know a prospective tenant, and uh, the bank had foreclosed <laughs> on both of them. And he and he had another client who was uh, renting, and he had to find him another place because. Um, the bank had uh, had repossessed the apartment or whatever it was, and the guy was ki- the kicking the guy out. He paid his rent. I mean, this is real real pain that's happening. No one's talking. It's not on mainstream television. It's being now, held t- back t- purposely. Now they're too interested in carbon credits and you know green and climate Me- change. Meanwhile, Iceland, you'll love this, and this is something I, I was pointed out to me in a Dutch food retailing website, like an industry type website. Um, that in Iceland, where, of course, the whole country has collapsed, there has been a run on the supermarkets. And uh, I guess they have uh, only a couple... Uh, it's, a very, it's only 300,000 people that live there. So they have a chain of the bonus supermarkets, is what they're called. Total run. Taking everything off the shelf. <laughs> and they produce nothing. They have no food. Hey, you know, I've been in that supermarket. <laughs> in the, the bonus? The big one in Reykjavik. Really? It's like... It's like, what did they take off the shelves? All they, it seems to me that the main thing they sell in Iceland in the grocery store is the most amazing variety of cod liver oil. I swear to God, it's like, it, it must, it's the bigger than any dairy section you've ever seen, and it's all fish oil. Mm. Different brands and. What do they do? They drink it? Yeah, it turns out, and for people who live in northern areas, in fact, you should even consider it. Okay. Uh, it turns out that. Cod liver oil in particular, but most of these fish oil mixtures, which are being promoted a little bit by health food nuts nowadays here in the United States, is one of the absolute best things you could take for depression in areas where you have a shortened daylight, uh, oh, which Iceland, right. Iceland has. has, of course, yeah. So, it's, so you find that in Su- Sweden and Finland and you know those Norway, Norway yeah. Iceland, and in the UK, should, Scotland for sure. The people who take lots of cod liver oil uh, just as a daily diet, dietary supplement, do, not only don't have much as much depression because you get depressed in these areas because of the lack of sunlight. Uh, they don't have much depression, and they also have. Uh, it, it apparently is good for it, it. It lessens arthritis, and it's good for the bones, and it has a vitamin D component that's important. Really? It's uh, it's it's a, it, in fact I use it in the winter time here. 
My son, by the way, is the one who got turned us on to this. Hmm. Uh, he, he's like a kind of, he digs all this weird stuff up and he gets it until he, he gets to the definitive point of it and then he re- reports back to the family with, you know, his, uh, with his, <laughs> with his survey. And it turns out that the documentation for this is really elaborate and this is the kind of stuff that when you're, you're what, just one of those things, what your mom told you to do in the 1930s, you know, take your cod liver oil and it's been lost, you know, because, eh, who needs it? We take a vitamin supplement because the big, you know, the big vitamin companies don't, you know, the big drug companies make these vitamins. They don't, they, 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 they you know, the, nobody pushes these old remedies anymore. Well, but you know, fact I, was, matters, I was just going to say, if what you say is true, and I'm looking into it right now, and of course I have no reason to doubt it, if cod liver oil truly is such a wonder, you know, a wonder miracle uh, substance, particularly against depression, you can bet your ass it's going to be outlawed by the Codex Alimentarius sooner or later, because they, of course, <laughs> they want to push the, uh, you know, the, drugs. Their, their drugs onto you to, you know, which is like, uh, sodium chloride and shit like that. that that's what's in <laughs> prose. Chloride salt. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah sodium pro, fluoride, pro, you know, maybe. I don't know. Drugs. Fucking chemicals. Drugs, drugs and chemicals. Paxil. Yeah. Like, they Paxil. Don't, they don't want you to have anything good. So anyway, but the Icelanders, I mean, this is when, as soon as I heard about this from, you know, the report about why, why this is good for you in the winter, uh, and I use it in the winter. It's not a cheap product, by the way. But, uh, oh, by the way, there's one brand called Carlsborg or Carlsberg. <laughs> That's a beer, it's, isn't it? <laughs> Carlsborg? Yeah, it is. Carlsborg's the beer. Maybe it's Carlsberg. Anyways, Carlsborg, I don't know. Carlsborg's also a little town up in uh, Washington. But it's Carlsborg or Carlsberg or something like this, a like blue label. And it's got it says lemon flavored. Uh, <laughs> this stuff, by the way, that brand is the one to get. It is absolutely delicious. A, you can take it without gagging. Uh-huh. It's really amazingly good, and you don't get this. You know, you don't taste it afterwards, which was used always a problem with the cod liver. Uh-huh. It's the best brand you can buy. Carlsberg. Okay, they I'm, I'm should be. Look it up. They should be sponsoring the show. All right. So people out there who have these, you know, and I'd say if you live in North Dakota, Washington State, you know, Wisconsin, those places is where you'd want to use it. Hmm. Meanwhile, while we're on the subject of weird stuff, uh, I made the error. And we're talking about vegetarianism. I made the bonehead error of not looking at the package of some on sale yogurt. Uh oh. Where they actually were selling soy gurt. Oh no! Did your brain shrink? I'm telling. I couldn't swallow it. <laughs> you know we, I st- can't we stopped. Believe- we stopped. We stopped drinking soy milk here. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. This stuff tastes like puke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm using that on the daily source code. That's a great drop right there. And. It's got a chalky texture. It's almost, you can't swallow it. As you go, my God, what is this garbage? <laughs> did you do one of those <laughs> and spit it out? I did spit it out and I dumped it out and I was disgusted. It was so horrible that people eat this stuff and they think it's good. Uh, excuse me. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, that's nasty. Nasty's the word. I don't even. I mean, people want to check it out for themselves, but holy, I was just stunned at how bad it was. Uh, I talked. I mentioned this to my wife, and she laughed. She said, "She says she's mentioned this to these various vegetarians, and they always say, oh, you, you must have got a bad one.' That's your answer to everything. A bad one. Oh, it happens from time to time. You get a bad one. 
Oh, man. Anyway, so that was my report. Uh, Alaskan glaciers for the, growing for the first time in 240 years? Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, that's your, that's your global warming, I guess. Well, supposedly that's balanced by the lowering of the average temperature at the North Pole. Yada, yada, yada. You know, these things move around. That's, you know, you're also losing our magnet, magnetic uh, underpinnings. I went, I went to the North Pole once. Have you ever been to the North Pole? You're kidding me. You went to the North Pole? Yes. Would you like to hear the story? Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. This no, was, I have not been to the North Pole. Oh, this was with uh, OnRamp. Before we, before we uh, took it public and changed the name to Think New Ideas, Ron and I were running the company, and we had a client, Molson Ice, and, we, and there was a promotion. Uh, that we uh, that we well we did it with the agent with uh, another agency we came up with called the Molson Ice Polar Beach Party, and it was a contest and it was a uh, hundred winners and it would be it was a cool it was a cool MTV like contest actually a hundred winners would go to the North Pole for a concert with Metallica. <laughs> actually, it was Metallica, um, Hole, no, so Courtney Love, and yeah. um, uh, one other band I can't remember. And we, and we did a cybercast from the North Pole. And it was pretty interesting because, you know, well, we, the only way to do it is we took a, a multiplexer so we could take 24 phone lines and basically convert that into like, uh, you know, uh, 150 kilobits per second or whatever. And we had that linked all the way down from, uh, Tuk to Yuktuk, uh, which is Northwestern territory. So, and, you know, literally like, uh, you know, a couple miles inside the, the Arctic Circle there. Um, well, let's get back to the, how did you get to the North Pole? Ah, <laughs> well, it's a combination of many, many flights. And the last one is basically an otter. Um, so an otter is air, you know, one of those airplanes with the huge, uh, the huge inflated tires. And it's a, it's a real workhorse. And it just, it, you know, you can sit in it in kind of like jump seats, but it's really meant for taking cargo. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you basically land up on the ice near a drilling platform up there. And it, and so in, it not being the dark period, it was light for 24 hours straight, which was really, really weird. Um, and, of course, you're up there, uh, you know, we had our crew, and uh, so we're, and we're sleeping in, in the oil barracks, if you will. Um, and, and, you know, as is Metallica, as is everybody. And um, and so, you know, we're, we're looking, there's nothing to do, obviously. And so we're like, and, it, and it's uh, dry, right? There's no alcohol. It's forbidden. But, you know, we figure, you know, we can probably figure something out. So we go outside and it's midnight, but, you know, kids are riding around on their bikes and it's uh, as if it were midday. And, uh, so, you know, we, some of the kids come over and we're, uh, you know, say, hey. Wait, you, wait, wait, wait. How, there's a, let's back up a minute. There's a bunch of people at the North Pole. Well, it's not exactly on the North Pole, North Pole, but, but, you know, within, I don't know, what is it? Uh, 50 miles, 75 miles. Yeah. There's all kinds of villages. <laughs> hmm. I thought it was pretty barren up there. It was pretty barren up there. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no kidding. You know, the next town was several hundred miles, and that was um, Inuvik, I think is what it was called. Anyway. Um. It was September, actually. I remember because it was my birthday. I put my uh, toe into the Arctic waters of the pole. <laughs> I dipped my toe in. It's a tradition, I think, is what it was. So we said to these kids, uh, "Hey, man, do you know we can uh, tradition? Can we, we can get something?" Uh... So, oh, you you want the drug dealer? Yeah, he lives in that house right over there. <laughs> <laughs> drug dealer. I swear to God. 
<laughs> these kids riding around on their bikes. It was a it was a fantastic uh, experience. Uh, well, you got me on that one. Mm. I know another guy who, uh, like a year or so ago, went and, and went to Antarctica and some. There's a cruise, I guess you can take, an icebreaker. Icebreaker cruise, yeah, I think I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, you leave from somewhere in South America, I guess, down at the tip, down in southern Argentina, I suppose, and um, boat over there and crack your way into the. And uh, you know that's supposed to be even worse than the uh, Arctic. Yeah, because it's windier. Yeah, I guess storms. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it doesn't really, you know, I, there's a bunch of things I want to do. I still have my checklist of places to see and go to. I mean, I have an A, a B, and a C list. And I got most most of the A list done. Uh, and I, a lot of the Bs just fall, you know, happen to happen. But I never have had either uh, the North Pole or the South Pole on the lists, any of them. I've also uh, stood on the equator. Well, I've I've probably done that. Do you have a picture? I have photographic evidence. Well, it's a little more. You see, in Brazil, you know, there's. Uh, it's not a big deal. Oh yeah, no. In, in uh, where was it? Maybe I guess it must have been Africa. Yeah, I've. Uh, where? What country does the equator run through in Africa? It's up pretty high, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking it's got to be somewhere near Uganda because while we were there, well, maybe, man, maybe not. Okay, equator map. Here we yeah, go. I'm, I'm afraid to to pop open Google Earth because it'll crunch the bandwidth. Yeah, probably crunch it. Me too. Let me just take a look at this. Okay, here's the here's a map with the equator. Uh, it's now it's High, higher. It's, it must be higher than Uganda. No, it actually looks like it might be lower. Oh, hmm. it runs through. Uh, Tells you what the hell I know. It runs through the very northern part. Let me take a look where some better countries. They don't outline the countries well enough. Here's one. Ah, not found. <laughs> and I have one that's got the country showing. One more second. Yeah, it's, a little, it's not, well, not quite what I thought. Uh, do, do, do. Man, that's you know, crazy. I'm not gonna These hit. websites, you know, the problem with, you know, the, the the problem that we've had on the Internet recently is that there's too many things. And you can't get so, to the good one because all the all the crap is uh, pushed to the top artificially. Yeah, and Everyone's this is the one of the things I, I complain about when I say, yeah, go try to find. And I, this is the challenge. Who has the absolute best cell phone service Oh. Uh, a package yeah. in the United States. Yeah, you can't get through all the ads and all the SEO stuff. It. No, it's horrible. It's not possible. It's horrible. Anyway. I think that's probably where people like, uh, you know, the Mahalo project is the right idea, but I don't think it can scale. And even that, it's all susceptible to, you know, deals and stuff like that. And it, it's impossible, I guess. It looks like you got or Angola's right good. Plows Angola. right through Angola and those countries along there, just top, top maybe the top of Mozambique. It's northern Brazil and uh, yeah. Me anyway, meanwhile in uh, Gitmo, Indonesia too, in Gitmo Nation East, we uh, got to get our Gitmo Nation T-shirts out to the public. I haven't even seen a design yet. You keep threatening. I'll have a one. design for you tonight. Okay, cool. You're gonna make one up yourself with Photoshop or Paint, Microsoft Paint. <laughs> 
I was going to just use uh, ASCII text. I can see you using paint. I really can. Tell me you use it, don't you? No, I haven't even seen that thing boot for like for 10 years. <laughs> in the Gitmo Nation East in the United Kingdom, where it's really, we're falling fast and we're falling really, really hard. The Times has a, a report, you'd hate this. Um, looks like they're going to put into law a requirement that you show a passport as identification when you are buying a mobile telephone, even if it's a burner with a pay-and-go card. Wow. Yeah, that's a big deal. Well, here you, uh, yeah, you still go to Target and just buy one. Yeah, you just pick one up, of course. But here you're going to have to, they're going to take down your name. Well, the other had the, you heard about the big database project, right? Where every single email, text, and phone call, everything made will be stored in a in a big government database. It, it won't be the content of the email, they say. It won't be the content of the SMS text message, but who you called and when you called them or who you text and when you text them, they're going to store in this huge database, which, of course, is for national security purposes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, you know, I saw uh, a presentation probably in around 1996, not sure. Uh, from Interpol, they had been working on the software for a long time, and I think a lot of governments use it, whatever it is. But it's a it's a it's a very interesting piece of code that uh, allows you to plug in connections between people. That in other words, if I if I'm calling your number a lot, and then you're calling somebody else's number, and then I call somebody in the list, they can put the and if you get enough data, and the key to success here is they really load up. But I think there may be a, a tipping point where you get too much data. But I'm not sure. But this this Interpol software would allow, and the guy broke it down, and he showed us here's a bunch of gangsters, and they're their friends and associates and families and everybody else. It was for mob related uh, tracking, and then they ran the software and all the calls that were made to each other and their and the, how long the calls took place for how long, and then they could they could literally create a uh, org a chart. Yeah, yeah, an org chart. Yeah, I'm sure that exists. Well, I'm, it does exist. I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. But, you know, I think you can take it to the next level and you can pretty much, you know, if you wanted to. And the, and the key, the long-term thing, of course, is that, uh, which is what people should be, why they should be complaining, is that, you know, that at some point you can say, hey, you know, we can figure out the entire political structure of the Republican Party. <laughs> why don't we just start assassinating these people here with, that show up in this list? It actually sounds a lot like um, like the software that OpenTable uses. That's a funny idea. It's possible. Well, you, you've told me that specifically, that there's rumors that there's something going on with their system where they track Silicon Valley executives. Well, actually, that's here's the rumor, and it's not. it doesn't have anything to do with open table. It has to do with the back door that seems to be an open table that people have exploited. And, and it, here's the whole story for people who want to hear this. And, you know, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be using open table because you get all these bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> which are, which do expire, so use them quick. <laughs> Even though they don't do anything. So... So there was a, there was a, and I was skeptical as usual about when I heard the story. Well, here's the deal. There's a, there's a consulting group that does stock market, uh, consulting uh, to try to predetermine mergers and acquisitions and they do it by taking all the public records of private aircraft arrivals and departures 
who they're associated with, which apparently is a database that you can get a hold of, uh, or you maybe there's a backdoor to that too. And then they use the open table backdoor, and they can they can see find meetings. And uh, in other words, if you flew in, you know, you're a General Electric CEO, and you just flew in for some unknown reason to meet with a little CEO of a small company, is possible that it's the if your secretary which is very common secretaries use open table all the right. time uh just figure out that oh he flew into here and then they're having a, a dinner at this restaurant uh on this night something's up <laughs> and, and that's the you know you know unless they can prove that they're old pals or something and they're meeting for some other reason and so you can then surmise that maybe we have a merger acquisition candidate here, and maybe we should invest in this company or that company. You know, so it's basically spook kind of work with the stock market. So I'm saying that's his bull. And he said, <laughs> and the and the friend of mine who's telling me, he said, well, who who do you want to you know who do you want to see who went to where what dinner? And I said, just give me Will Hurst's itinerary. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, I got I got no, a whole. Oh, no, that's great! I got a list of the restaurants he went to over the past uh, three or four months. Oh my god! You know, it was like he went to Chapeau, and he went, you know, and he's and I recognize because I know Will very well, and he and I know what kind of places he likes to eat at, and it was just right, you know, it made nothing but sense looking at this list, and uh, and I immediately called the secretary and told her to stop booking, don't use booking open, table. open table unless you want. To, you know it to be known i mean you could probably do just a reverse scam on that you know set up phony baloney meetings and book yeah it. yeah hype hype the stock you bet yeah yeah so but that's just a story that i've you know i have never proven it's, it there's, one there's, there's the no other. proof of that no and i mean you could hope that i could be trying to trick me but i'm just mentioning it to anyone out there who needs to know for years there's been talk of um a backdoor into i think it's an israeli made um wasn't that was it banking software or trading software? I got to look that up. It even has a name like Fast or something like that. Well, hmm. Fast is a search engine from Norway. Uh, that's that's not it. It's something else. I can't remember. Now there's, I'm sure there's. All, it's look, they're all in it. <laughs> well, you know, backdoors. You, you backdoors are needed uh, if you are a consultant and a you know, and you need to get into a program because something bad happened to it. Uh, you sometimes have to remotely access the thing, and uh, for, because you may be in a remote, you know, you may not be there. I mean, most software has a backdoor for, for no other reason, so you can get. You know, because a lot of coders nowadays don't work in you know on the computer that that's running yeah. the code, they have to get into it, and so you know if and if they let somebody else know about it, the next thing you know it's out in the wild and you know some sneak is out there looking at the database, yeah. you know just casually, and if you do it if you don't abuse it, uh, in other words, no one's seeing you constantly pounding the. Uh, the database to see who's booked where uh, you know you can get away with it by the way I'd, I'd say that now is a really good time to be in the IT consulting business uh, if you uh, you know can do uh, SQL server and Oracle and .NET and all, you know, all the Microsoft stuff and some heavy lifting maybe some AS400 skills or whatever because basically all the banks in the world are being rolled up into one and uh, that's a big ass computer project but um I think Boy, that, somebody's going to take take. I mean, you can just see that money being stolen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, now that the uh, American government owns uh, a piece of every single you know major bank that was signed over the weekend, you, I'm sure you heard about that, right? 
Oh, yeah, not only that, but everybody was complaining about it. And the Wells Fargo guys didn't want to do the deal. They were forced they into it. They were forced yeah, into it. Yeah, they put it. a gun to their head. Yeah, it was take this deal or take this deal. And you know what? The, I heard the, the interesting rationale about that uh, on one of these talk shows was the following. Well, they had to be that aggressive with making every one of the banks do the deal because they didn't want the public to know which banks were the bad ones. Yeah, so this is, you know, and, and this is uh, according to the, I think the Germans started this first. Now, they've written uh, almost a trillion dollars now um, in their bailout package, which, of course, will rise significantly. But every single bank in the world now that is, uh, not, I'm not, talk, not talking about small or local um, retail banking the way we have it in the States yet, um, but they're now all partially owned by the government. And this is trillions of dollars, not not the original amount. And this is what they weren't going to do. They said, no, they, they, we're not going to do that. And then, you know, a week later, they're doing exactly that. And everyone's blaming each other. But in the yeah. meantime, it's it's one financial system. It's all being rolled into one little ball. And uh, you can bet we're getting screwed for it. This is, here you go, John, historian. Okay. So there's a lot of talk. Even in the intro, I couldn't resist talking about the Weimar Republic. And uh, <laughs> since since you like uh, you know your your ten billion dollar bill notes, um, Dr. Ron Paul is actually getting a lot of airtime, and I'm loving it because, of course, you know he's he's a kook, right, John? And, he is a kook. Uh, he is a kook, right? Total kook. He's been saying this since 1983 that I've seen on record. Hey, he's, you keep you know you keep saying something for 20 years, it's going to happen eventually. Right. So, okay. So he stuck in there. He hung it. Doesn't matter how you get to the finish line. Uh, but now he's, you know, he's on, you know, on CNN all the time. Uh, in Fox News brings him on. Uh, he's on Bloomberg. He's uh, even in some of the more mainstream shows. And he's saying, look, inflation, you can't write trillions of dollars. In fact, he's, it was really funny. He made me think of you. He said, why should we work in America? Let's just print money and give everybody, money, give everybody money. <laughs> and I thought an excellent line, but I don't think anyone actually gets it. But we have to be destined for, you know, 20 percent inflation, you know, compounded over, you know, the next few months even. I mean, it's, it's, well, it's not going to no, that's not going to happen for a while. When it happens, it'll be uh, it'll it'll ramp very slowly. And it's going to be. And I think the only way we can get out of this hole is through hyperinflation. That that fixes the problem. But that is the I definition. Mean, it ruins, it ruins the, everything, but it fixes the problem. And then the problem, and the banks have got the problem, and they need it fixed, and they screw the public. You know, we just go crazy. We've never experienced that in the United States. We've never had anything close. We've had like bad, you know, the bad inflationary period during the stagflation era of the 1970s, which was one of those economic downturns. Uh, we had the situation let me ask, where let me the ask, interest let me ask rates. Question. Let me, I, I, I got to interrogate you here now. Okay, 1970s, bad thing, stagflation. Uh, you, I believe, you were out of work for a while, but how was it really in America? At the, and maybe you traveled. I don't know. How was it in the world at that time? How, what, what? Actually, what I is did. The, it's the weirdest thing. The, the the bottom of one of these cycles, which would have been 1973, uh, because of the, you know that's where things kind of bottom out. Actually, in the case of the Great Depression, uh, Buffett had it. And, uh, he says that the Dow hit the bottom in July of 32, but I think there was. I think it, I'm not absolutely sure that's true. But anyway. Um, in 1973, would be typically a bottom of a downturn. I actually went to France for the first time. So okay, so so what? And was I the remember, world like? I remember floating around France. In France, in the 70s, during this era, you would be in the French countryside, and things were so grim. Uh, although you really, it was an enjoyable 
trip, to say the least. But th- things were so grim that I re- clearly remember, and I've never seen this since, you'd be driving along in a car, and there would be uh, – most of the people were traveling on mopeds, a lot of girls and guys – Guys and girls, whatever they'd be in a mo, there'd be these little moped bicycles or these bicycles that have a little gas motor on it's, the back. It's uh, on the front actually, and it's called the yeah, so- right, Solex. Yeah, right. Little crappy it's, it's motor. Called a, get- it's called a Solex. Solex, right? There were Solexes everywhere, and let the kicker say, was. Let me explain you- the Solex, John. Hold on one second. This is a good right. story. The Solex is essentially a bicycle. It has a, um, I believe, it might even be a fifty cc engine. So you basically have a cylinder head. Where your um, where your front light would be, and when you get up to speed, you then push the engine forward with a lever onto the tire. It has a, a rotating <laughs> wheel, and then it yes. fires up. And, uh, and in many cases, there, you didn't even have a, a throttle. It just has a set throttle because it only will do so much for you. I will have you know, just as a side note, um, that I participated in the 24-hour Solex race in De Krakel in the Netherlands. Uh, did not win, but I did finish. And, uh, and I'd be happy to tell you how we souped up that en- engine a different day. But anyway, uh, total beautiful French invention, the Solex. Okay, so the, the, the kicker though to the story is you, you'd see these people floating around in these little bicycles, but they'd be pulling each other. So <laughs> one person would have her Solex engaged, holding the hand of another bicyclist yeah. and pulling them along. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I had my moped in the Netherlands, uh, that was actually quite common. You'd see a, a buddy, a buddy who was uh, biking along uh, the, the road, and you say, "Hey, hold on a second. You'd let them hold on to you, and then uh, you'd uh, drag them along. Talk about stretching your dollar. <laughs> <laughs> it's also quite a dangerous exercise. I would think it's, it's not really. Anyway, this was common. So, and, so, uh, that, so you think that was really that? That was the epitome of grim. <laughs> it was pretty grim. No, actually, it looked pretty joyous. I mean, these people were having fun. They were pulling each other around. But, no, it just seemed that looking back on it, the real, actually the grimmest part is you never really improve much, and it never does in a true down cycle. It just kind of lingers bouncing around the bottom for a really long time as opposed to the short time I'm hoping for now. Yeah. Um, and so by the time Jimmy Carter got in office, because they had to get rid of the Republicans because they weren't getting anything accomplished. So they figured they're going to bring in a you know liberal Democrat who's going to fix things. And things just got worse with him. And then inflation took over and we ended up with like interest rates. If you wanted to buy a house, you had to pay 20 plus points or, or percentage. The, the interest rates were 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 percent interest, you know, to get a mortgage. It was unbelievable. And that guy was out in four years. So I'm so okay. So life was very expensive. There was, I mean, were there things that you didn't have? Did you go without anything? Well, here's the kicker for me: I was working for the government. <laughs> uh, of course. I mean, when I when I, I, would, I when I hear my father-in-law talk about after the Second World War in Rotterdam that he would uh, bicycle on wooden tires. <laughs> Not, yeah, you laugh on wooden tires for, you know, 50 miles to get a sugar beet to eat. You know, <laughs> that's grim. That, that's what I could, you know, that's getting up there in the grim category. Yeah. Well, I, I will say I'm, I'm totally looking forward to what we're about to go through. In fact, uh, oh, so, please. So, yeah, no, listen to me. In fact, the Financial Times have brought this up and I like this. Uh, pe- here, um, people are responding to the credit crunch. 
by relearning the self-reliance of the post-war austerity years. Knitting is having a renaissance. Gardeners are planting carrots where once they grew chrysanthemums. And home cooking is making a comeback. I like that. I this is it. all... I'm this a is a, What? This is a moment of pure decadence, the way that's described. Why? Home cooking is not making much of a comeback. It's, you know, it's like, oh, I think we can cook at home. And this is all like, you know, a bunch of people that don't have to cook at home. This is not because they have to cook at home. This is not because they have to knit to because ah, they can't afford no, a sweater. No, no, this is, these no. are people that are many of these people, for example, there's a little group, a little club of uh, and I won't <laughs> mention the names, but there are a bunch of people. You know who they are. And they're the wives of a bunch of Silicon Valley guys who are billionaires. <laughs> no, man, this is in Britain. This is this is in the Financial Times in Britain, dude. This has nothing to do with Silicon Valley. Please. I don't, I don't buy that for a second. And besides, it doesn't matter. If the trendsetters are doing it, that's good. In fact, Patricia came back. She says the official Patricia Curry um, High Street Index, because she knows exactly what the high street shopping is like, she says lots less people. She says very uncharacteristic. Something's going on. People are buying less for sure. And, and okay, that's, and that's I think that's a good index. That's probably as valid as anything. Yeah, but it, but that's part of an economic downturn is people automatically take to these things, whether they have to or not, because they're preparing themselves or whatever. But at the end of the day, I think it's good. You know, if we actually cook some meals at home, maybe we won't kill ourselves by eating crap. Well, no, I'm not arguing. I mean, but I'm a big advocate of this. But it's, but I, think I love it should knitting. Be the, the... I'm very good at knitting, John. You should see me go. You can knit? Yes. My mom taught me that. I've always been able to knit. <laughs> That's funny. My uh, uh, Mimi's first husband uh, was a big knitter, and she is too. Although she seems to only knit in a straight line. She's done some, she's tried to do other things, but there are some women that can knit, you know, just sit there and within a few hours have a beautiful sweater. So did she, you know? uh, did she divorce him or did he die in a fiery crash? No, they got divorced a long time ago. Because of the knitting or something else? No, I'm just mentioning that he's a guy who knits, and there's a lot of guys who knit. And uh, my, so mom, not, my mom always used to say, "Football players knit." Well, it's something to do if you're sitting and waiting. I mean, if you're going to in a depression where you're going to be sitting and standing in line a lot, or waiting and waiting <laughs> yes. and waiting for the government assigned doctor for soup, for soup, <laughs> for soup, you can knit. Yeah. Might as well knit while you're at it. Yeah, because when you're you need in, clothes. If you're up in the uh, Andes in one of the little villages in Peru, for example, all the women there, because the place is crawling with like alpacas and vicunas and all these great animals that Akumba have these fantastic. Matadas? Sorry, Akumba matadas. No, no, vi vicuna. <laughs> That's all right. It's a, you it's don't, a small you don't, you don't, llama. You don't watch Disney movies, apparently. <laughs> I don't. I don't get the joke. But anyway, they anyway the, what they do though these these Peruvian women who all look exactly like you know Incas, um, they're colorfully dressed. They usually have a wherever they are. These women they're, they're equipped with a big pile of of uh, of wool that's wrapped around their arm. And you know, on their left arm, and on the other, and as they sit at the benches in the in the uh, plazas, chatting with each other, the t two women will be there talking and talking, and yakking like two women would do, sitting next to each other in a park bench. But they're knitting together constantly, and that's they just seem to be knitting twenty four seven. It's a, it's just a cultural thing, and it's actually, it, you know, then you can buy these sweaters for like five bucks. You get a pretty nice sweater. It's amazing. 
Well, I'm happy all of that's coming back, and it will, because we're going to have to change. I'm, I've, I've just given up. You know, I, I can see what's <laughs> happening. It's clear. Yeah. You know, it's so clear. Yeah, well, I'm just preparing for it. Well, you might be preparing yourself psychologically. You, you're going to tell me it's not true. So, something has to happen. I mean, this uh, coffee. Here's another one. Remember, I was telling you about the letters of credit that uh, that's becoming a problem. Yeah, this. I, yeah, why don't you explain to people that are eavesdropping what you're talking about? Okay, so if you um, if you import a product uh, that you sell uh, in your home country. So it could be, uh, you know, certain types of groceries. Uh, actually, oil probably works the same way. But, you know, any anything that you're importing, uh, usually, of course, from China, um, you know, it's not like you, you fly to China and, and sign a check, right? That has to be a little more efficient way of doing it. And the banks uh, will assign a letter of credit. So um, they act as an intermediary. And once the bank says, okay, this money is good, it's uh, it's uh it's here kind of an escrow. You can start sending the goods. Um, then once the goods arrived and the letter of credit is executed, everyone gets paid. It's, you know, it's kind of like a super PayPal. Um, and there's, you know, and, and if there's, um, I guess if there's some kind of argument and the bank is involved as well, I mean, I've, I've never dealt with it, but, uh, they're, uh, they're the middleman. So the letter of credit is exactly what it says. It's a letter of credit. And that credit is also often, you know, taken to credit because that's the way a lot of businesses are financed. That's the way a lot of states and municipalities are financed. Like, you know, hey, uh, I need uh, a, you know, a couple million credit here to do this stuff, um, and you'll get it from me when the taxes come in, whatever. So banks are now um, cutting back drastically on the amount of credit they're giving to companies. So that means companies can import less. And coffee, um, I was just reading, um, because the, uh, you know, there's problems with, with these letter of, uh, letters of credit, they can't, they've got an oversupply of coffee. They can't ship it out of the country fast enough. So, uh. so they're actually talking about stopping production to get to, to, or, you know, to inflate the price. Because, you know, if the prices are too low, they're going out of business. These guys can't go coffee. So this is just the start, I think, of, of many problems that will actually affect us. And that's probably, and in fact, I think it is exactly what happened with that Icelandic supermarket, the bonus supermarket uh, chain, is, you know, they just can't get letters of credit or, or people are worried about that. And that's why there's a run on food. Besides there being a general food crisis in the world already. You look, I mean, it's, it's, it's I think this is going to be a big equalizer. It's, it'll be good for people. Go hungry for a couple of weeks. It'll change, it'll change your attitude. It'll change your outlook on life. Yeah, you can have a big freezer. Yeah, but uh, a lot of people are going to get caught without big freezers. I think most people are going to get caught without big freezers. Most people don't have more than a week's supply of food. So I want your opinion on that, because you never have an opinion on these types of things. You do, but you never express it. Let me put it that way. That's not true. Well, I have. I'm still pondering it. Okay. Because I don't have the, I mean, I'm not taking, you know, the, the grimmest possible scenarios that you imagine, uh, which you'd come up with some whoppers. Uh, <laughs> but this is, it, but I, this is not just plausible. It's happening. These letters well, of credit are becoming a problem. I, you know, I have well, they, firsthand proof. 
Yeah, okay, fine, but I'm just saying I don't think it's, you know, it won't be a long-term problem. It'll be a something that'll be resolved, and everything will be better and rosier once Obama's elected. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Once he's in, the market is going to skyrocket. Yeah, I don't, but I don't give a shit about that. I care about human I beings. Yeah, I know, I know you care about it. It just, it's all wrong. I mean, you know, it, we've, we're basically now, the world is now one big socialist banking system. And, and then we're going to introduce welfare into the United States. I mean, really introduce it, uh, calling it, calling it a refundable tax credit. Um, that's messed up. Here's the, yeah, yeah, it's true. They want to make 45% of the public in, on welfare. So, uh, so here's the kicker to the whole economic fee, uh, financial crisis situation is that <laughs> apparently, I guess, UBS or at least. Oh, shit, yeah, the Swiss bank? How does any Swiss bank get caught up in this fiasco? You, you're seriously asking me that. Dude. I thought these guys had something on the ball. No, they're all, they're all, it's all in the same game. It's all the same. It's all the same people running it. This is all intended to be this way. Please. Please. Actually, there was a good article in the Financial Times, I think, that explains it better, which is, uh, discusses the, uh, it really boils down to the, uh, see, I do read the Financial Times. Uh, it boils down to the, uh, Rating agencies. Oh, the, yeah, that was a, that was a good point Mo- they made. And the Brits Moody's. are furious. They're furious about the ratings agencies calling all these securities AAA uh, when they were really just crap. Yeah, that, and that's a good point. Uh, but that's what I mean. It's all it's all part of the scam. In fact, I believe in your book, which you know, whenever you're ready to show me a draft, you know, I actually love you enough, and I will read it. Um, I think you should you should at least inc- consider including a side note or thread or something about the concept of the Illuminati uh, controlling these cyclical motions. <laughs> Are you checking if it's on again? <laughs> Unbelievable. I think you should at least consider... <laughs> Unbelievable. <that> these... <laughs> because, you know, I was wondering how long it takes for us to go off the track. No, we're not off the track. We're not off the track. Look, Come on, John. You cannot deny that the Goldman Sachs ex-CEO, and he's got his cash-and-carry heel dude in there, uh, also from Goldman Sachs, you know, they, they, they hoodwinked everyone. They took... Uh, uh, under the auspices of only 700 billion, which uh, included another 150 billion of bullshit, just to 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 ram it through under you know, basically threat of idiots who sit in Congress, who we elect, and then then and then basically then they they bring in the banks, they put a gun to their head. I mean, come on, man, this is this is not America. This is the fucking mob. This is oh, I shouldn't say that because I'm going to crash my car, but. This is this is not right. You know, we I, I just can't be cavalier about it. You know, and that's what everyone is being. It's it's a fucking outrage. <laughs> your uh, your cursing quotient has risen for some reason when we well, bring be, up this topic. Well, it, it, because it, the the apathy just slays me, John. Well, the apathy, uh, you know, I blame the educational system. Well, Talk about oh, another awkward segue. The, and who controls the educational system? Well, you might have something there because there was a, there's a funny post that I put up on the blog, dvork.org slash blog, have a drink, um, where this guy goes to this college and somebody pointed out this has been around. I have, I've never seen this before, but a kid, and you can do this anywhere. 
Uh, yeah, kid goes around some hoity college that's supposed to be so good, and he goes to all the women and gets them to sign a petition to end women's suffrage. And, uh, you know, all these girls sign it happily, you know, because they, they don't even know what the hell he is. <laughs> well, end it is. with a vaccination. <laughs> So, uh, but you know, there's a, you know, this is, uh, I don't know what it is, why, why the, I don't remember when I was a kid. Wait, what's the point? Wait, now you're getting off track. What, what is the point of end the suffrage? Uh, where are you going? Well, they, they would say, as you know, women's suffrage refers to the right to vote. And so you go to some dummy, some girl who's in college, and you say, would you like, we, we've got to stop women's suffrage. And that would mean, technically, that they want to re end the women's right to vote. Oh, and, and women just signed it. Went, oh, suffrage, that sounds like suffering, and they signed it. Yeah, left and right, except one girl who wouldn't do it because she knew what it meant uh, out of the whole group. Uh -huh. But they just signed left and right. And I, when I see these, you know, the Obama bots around the the Andronico's, you know, whole or, or store, and people, you, you got to sign this, you know, and people are just signing anything. These petitions that are floating around are just, they don't mean anything. I mean, people just get, just to get rid of the person, you'll sign anything. People will sign these things left and right. And I'm out, I have these people coming to my door once in a while, and they're always stunned by the fact that I refuse to sign any petition. Look, I'm taking it and, one step further with you, John. I am telling you that people are hypnotized and programmed mainly by television, and they're not watching CNN and CNBC or whatever. They're watching mainstream television, and they're hypnotized and programmed. They're walking zombies, and they're just, we're Blithering idiots. And indeed, the Department of Education determines the syllabus. They determine the education. And it's lame. It's lame ass. You know, they're making us in a dumb fox. Sorry. Have another and drink. meanwhile, by the way, then when you do homeschooling, it's frowned upon by the state. And in California, as a matter of fact, it's almost impossible to do homeschooling. We homeschool our daughter, or we did. She went, she's going to high school now. Uh, and we're doing very well and liking it, which is unusual. Because, uh, you know, kids, if they go through the public school system, at some point they hate school. And but you know the homeschoolers always win the you know the various uh, spelling bees and they do this because I mean, you can you don't have they're not under control of some state syllabus right. that is just a bunch of propaganda. I remember one of my kids coming home uh, years and years ago saying, "Oh, you know, it's, why are we take you know it's Indigenous Peoples Day. Columbus Day was Indigenous Peoples Day, <laughs> and 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 Columbus was a horrible slave owner who you know you know went on and on with all this stuff. I'm going, what are you talking? about another one of my kids sometime even further back you know just out of the blue i said well you know who freed the slaves you know and he was old enough to know <laughs> yeah and he said martin luther king oh shit and, I, uh, I got i got one for you in 1975 i entered the dutch schooling system in fifth grade and a uh, very uh, government controlled over there but just for idiotic stuff and uh, and i barely spoke uh dutch and they were, and it was, and the teacher at one point was talking about, uh, you know, the, how many, uh, how many states America has. And, uh, you know, then they added Alaska and Hawaii and now they have 52 states. And I think that's probably when, when my uh, questioning of authority uh, came from. So I rose my hand. I'm like, you know, uh, dude, you know, I'm, I'm like an idiot over here. The guy with the, with the, with the wrong clothes and the mild Tourette's, uh, who doesn't speak the language. There's only 50 states. And and the teacher got in my face about it. It's like, yeah, I you know, can see that. And and then so the so what I did is I went home and I called the 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 embassy and I taped it on a cassette 
and I brought it in with the Encyclopedia Britannica the next day. And I said, "Well, here's all my evidence." And you know, he's like, "Well, that you know, the, the, that Encyclopedia Britannica is from uh, 1970, so uh, that doesn't count." They wouldn't buy it. No, no. He said, and I said, "Well, why'd you count the stars? There's only 50 stars." It, it, it remains a uh, anyway. So the, the educational system, but certainly in the United States, it's 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 meant to dumb our children, not to make them smart. Interesting, you homeschooled your daughter. What? From what age to what age, and, and what was the syllabus? How did you do that? There's a lot of support, by the way, for homeschooling in the United States. It's extreme. Uh, I mean, there's whole stores dedicated. What was to the decision, John? What was it? Were you well, the decision weed, was that we didn't like the. Uh, there was a, there was some mild bullying going on at one of the schools, and you know, mm -hmm. and she didn't like it. and She wasn't going to do well there. We could see that a mile right. away. And we offered her the opportunity. It was uh, the kids have to subscribe to it, yeah, of course. and so she said, "Sure, I can do that." And so uh, we went since we have residents in Washington. And we're, you know, my wife is technically a Washington State, uh, uh, not a Californian. And we registered her as a homeschool in, in Washington State. They encourage homeschooling, and you can register your child as a homeschooled mm. person. And they and they make them and they give them tests, and they, you know, that's all, you know. They make you take a test, so the, so if you're not keeping up, you know they you have to, you know, make the kid work harder. You have to put him in a school, and uh, so the whole thing is structured. In California, they have none of that, and if you're homeschooling, you know they try to bust you on truancy because they're not getting their, you know, their pound of flesh or whatever yeah. they get from the, yeah. they, they get eight hundred bucks a day or, or a month or whatever per student, oh. and uh, they don't like losing that income, and so they make a big deal out of it. So you know we do it in Washington State; it's legal, and she liked it, and. You know, at one point, she got finally. I guess she got fed up with it, and oh, she wanted to socialize more and learn less, and so she's now going to a, a small school in Port Townsend. And at your um, at your home school, did you have um, uh, mandatory vaccinations? <laughs> <laughs> did you hear about New Jersey? Did you hear about yeah. that? Yeah. Ma mandatory flu shots for kindergarten; otherwise, you can't attend school. Yeah, what a crock! That's re that's an outrage. Yeah, it is an outrage. Gitmo Nation, my friends. Gitmo Nation. Being so we're talking about people young. getting in your face. I remember one time, I still remember this. It always baffles me that people are so, you know, pig-headed about stuff. I was given a speech in some, there was some forum or something, and I was, I had to give a keynote later in the night, and there was, but meanwhile, I listened to all these little sessions, you know, there's all these guys giving sessions at a typical conference, right? And some guy was thought of himself as some sort of a hot shot was talking about you know new technologies and something like that and he said uh, he says the the LED and he was talking about the LED and he says in the LED which is a liquid crystal display is blah 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 and the LED which is a liquid crystal display blah 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 so after the thing was over I went up to him and I and I said uh, hey, yo, you know dude. LED stands for light emitting diode liquid crystal display is LCD. LCD and the guy looks at me and he says hey I know what I'm talking about <laughs> And 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 then what? You beat him to a pulp? No, I if I was just like rolling my eyes, thinking, "What an idiot!" And people are listening to this guy as an expert. You did the Vulcan thing where you grabbed his shoulder and he just melted to the ground. <laughs> well, that would have been a wish. <laughs> uh, are you doing twit today? I have no idea. Mm. You heard about Washington D.C. Uh, moving to the cloud? I figured I'd, I'd give you that for the twit show. No, uh, why? Well, then, then maybe you guys will actually talk about some tech news. That's why. 
Well, if they move to the cloud, they're just moving. You know, obviously, they just want to be. The NSA needs to well, listen in. I guess well, I don't know why well, they do that. This is this is why it's interesting. The District of Columbia of Columbia is migrating its thirty eight thousand employees to Google Apps. Huh. Uh huh. That's interesting. Say no more, huh? I told you, man. I got the goods for you, dude. If it wasn't so late, I'd be on on Skype with you during the whole show. You know, <laughs> typing uh, evil messages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always good for a laugh. Yeah. So, uh, okay, well, I think we're done. Yeah, we well, talked we, too long. We could go Born on. People stiff out yeah, there. We, with this we could crap. go on forever, but maybe not such. It's like we're an uh, hour and a half. Yeah, we're done. Uh, so next week, hopefully, uh, more information on Project Oscar Mike November Delta. Well, yeah, that, and by the way, we didn't talk about Palin being on the Saturday Night Live show. What'd you think? Um, you know what? Not a moment uh, made me laugh. And that was partially because I'd already read about what was going to be on. I looked at it on Hulu through our VPN, so I was able to see it. But again, yeah, it was a little stiff. I just lost interest in the in the whole thing on, on my way back. It's like, who gives a shit? And I started looking at the rest of the world, what's going on in my own backyard where I sometimes live. I was like, eh, who cares? And you know what? People here, they don't care anymore. They all they all yeah. assume Obama's going to win, and they're done with it. And yeah, by, I heard some Irish bookies actually paid off all his bets. Yeah, on the, on I read that. Yeah, like uh, one to one point five or something, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I'd uh, I'd say that uh, people uh, completely think uh, Obama has it, and uh, they don't care. Right now, you know, the big argument over here is about Gordon Brown, uh, that, you know, he's cashing in on the financial crisis by, uh, you know, saying he's a hero and he's saving the country. And everyone's, yeah, up, right. you know, everyone's up in arms about it. As well, they should be. It's a wacky world. All right. So um, take me to dinner this week. Yeah, I got a couple places lined up would be worth checking out. Okay. And uh, I'll, if you're in the office tomorrow, I'll see you because I'll come right from uh, the airport to the office. All right. What time you land? Uh, I don't know, one thirty, I think. So well, you won't get there till four. <laughs> Coming to you from Gitmo Nation East. My name is Adam Curry, and I'm John C. Dvorak in Northern Silicon Valley, the place that doesn't exist, but we think it does. We'll talk to you again next week, right here on No Agenda.